Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of And Finally with me, Sam Vader, where this week uh, we're going to be delving back into the world of mythology, this time going to ancient Greece, where we will be talking about the very fierce creature known as the Minotaur. Now obviously this is a creature played in uh, pop culture, but we're going to be speaking about the original that all the ones in any fictional stories they're following have then been based off. Before that, we are obviously going to start with the usual which is the plug for the BLM uh, campaign because it's still a very serious issue going on in the world and one that should uh, should still have the attention drawn to it even though media attention has sadly died down this isn't this is a problem and we should keep it going to ensure that you know um, <coughs> this problem gets fixed because it is a problem and it's a problem that shouldn't be there uh, so we need to try our best to get rid of it. To do things like this, you can go to places like www.blacklivesmatter.com where you can find out ways to help monetarily or non-monetarily and just generally educate yourself on little things that you could do on a daily basis uh, to help the situation and maybe stop doing little things you didn't realise uh, were actually offensive in any manner. Uh, likewise, you can take to social media and use the hashtags BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter to keep the conversation going, to keep it trending and hashtagged and all those other things that I don't understand. Social media isn't my forte. And, you know, keep the conversation going and make sure that this still gets the rightful attention it deserves because people are still being oppressed and dying and being killed all because of uh, this horrible oppression and systematic racism that we have going on and it's something that does, in fact, need to stop. But I suppose with that, out of the way we shall get back to talking about the Minotaur. So as I mentioned before it originates in Greek mythology and it's actually obviously it's a creature from classical times. Uh, it had the head and the tail of a bull and the body of a regular man. Now as I say Minotaur has come to mean something more. It's come to mean more of a species now of creatures that are seen throughout pop culture in films, books, TV shows. You know it, it's a lot long thing but there was originally just this original Minotaurus, Min Minotaur, Minotaur, however you want to say it, that all the rest have been based off and this is one that dwelt, uh, dwelled, dwelt, uh, I don't know, uh, it was at the centre of a labyrinth, this was a labyrinth built by Daedalus and Icarus and this was an, sort of an elaborate, it was a maze essentially, a very elaborate big maze that was designed for people to get stuck uh, and this was under the command of actually King Minos of Crete at the time. Now, uh, the actual ancient Greek for Minotaur actually translates in modern, through rough translation, to quite simply, it is the bull of Minos, which obviously makes sense. It was a uh, bull-like man that resided in the kingdom of Minos. So, makes sense. Well, the kingdom of Crete ruled by King Minos, sorry. It's a bit incorrect there. Um, but the offspring was actually, uh, sorry, the Minotaur was actually the offspring of uh, the Cretan queen Pasiphae and uh, and and a magic bull. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm kidding in terms of it's a fictional story in mythology, but that's actually Greek mythology is weird. And it's, it's yeah. So uh, the start of this story comes when Minos and his brothers were all sort of next in line to rule over the kingdom of Crete. However, Minos uh, basically was like, no, I'm better. 
because he had an advantage. He claimed uh, that he had the support of the gods. And to prove this, he uh, said, I can pray for whatever I want and the gods will grant it and that will prove that I am the one uh, destined to rule over Crete. And that's what he did. So, whilst uh, having a sacrifice and a little bit of a pray to Poseidon, he asked that a bull would appear from the depths of the sea. This is obviously because uh, Poseidon, being the god of the ocean, could make this happen because, I mean, in reality, if you've ever seen a bull raised from the sea, I mean, it happens in the Bible as well, in, in Joseph, well, it comes out of the river Nile, bulls or cattle, same thing. Um, yeah, so, but if... Um, yeah, this bull rose from the sea, he would have claim to the throne and that would prove his right to rule over uh, Crete. Uh, so, um, yeah. And he, he he did then vow that once this bull appeared and he had gained his rulership and proved that the gods were on his side, he would then sacrifice that bull back to Poseidon as a sort of thanks. Um, and lo and behold, magically, it happened. The bull appeared. It came out of the sea, ocean water and um yeah he was made king minus of crete but king minus didn't live up to his end of the bargain he was so impressed by this magic bull that yeah it's weird that he didn't kill it i mean i suppose if you had a magic bull would you kill it i don't know i whatever he, he didn't kill it he sacrificed a different one pretending it was that one to poseidon and actually kept the magic one um which made poseidon angry which if fair the guy lied however this is where this gets classically greek now uh it gets a bit weird even weirder so poseidon then decides that i'm going to punish you but not by smiting you not by giving your crops bad yield not by killing off all your subjects or giving you an incredible illness or just coming down in human form and killing you myself flooding Crete you know all those things that would have made a lot more sense no what he decides is he's going to instill a passion inside Minos's wife for the bull basically he was going to make Minos's wife sexually attracted to the bull that came from the water now some sources claim that he obviously couldn't do this himself so he went to Aphrodite to uh, curse Pasiphae um, as a favour to Poseidon. But one way or another, that's insane. Just just kill the guy. You know, why Why do you have to make his wife fall in love with a bull? That's weird. That's cruel to her. It's just a bit weird. You know, who, who really thought that was a good idea? Like, come on. It's just a bit insane. But, you know, Greek myths are are insane so what's she gonna do about it i suppose so yeah she now is in um badly in love with the bull and the passion becomes so much that she needs to do something about it i'm not kidding this this yeah Ooh, it's a bit weird uh so she actually goes to daedalus um to get her to who's obviously helped build things around the time uh to help construct a wooden cow coated with a real cowhide and put it upon wheels. Um, Pasiphae then climbed in to, into the into the bull, cow, sorry, where where the, the structure that she was now in was wheeled into the field, uh, wheeled into the field, uh, where, where the bull was grazing. Um, and then it's never explained how it works. Um, like, does she put herself up against the rear end of the 
contraption and then the ball. The Minotaur is born from this uh, weird union. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't... The semantics don't make sense. I mean, it doesn't... I don't... It's... Zeus turned himself into a shower once and had impregnated a woman. This isn't the weirdest it gets, I'm not going to lie. It's sort of like the Trojan horse, but like the Rule 34 XXX version of it is what I'm what I'm gathering. Um, it's, yeah. God, why do people... What? Who thought this was a good... I don't... Okay. Moving on. Um... Yeah, so it was from this. That, yeah, the Minotaur woo, is born. And the queen named the beast Asterion. Uh, this was after uh, Minos's stepfather. So imagine having a, cheating on your husband with a bull and then naming it after your husband's stepfather, like the child after. It's a bit weird. Anyway, upon seeing the infant, uh, King Minos had clearly figured out that his wife had committed adultery with a magic water bull. Uh, so, rather than punish her, he enslaved Daedalus and Icarus uh, for their parts in the affair, which, you know, it's kind of him. It's really nice. Uh, but Pasphae cared for the uh, Asterion while while he was a calf. <laughs> yeah, while he was a calf. Uh, but when he grew older, obviously, he became a lot more stronger and monstrous and sort of a lot more angry because it was a monster. And she was no longer able to feed or care for him. I don't know if that's implying she breastfed him before that. I don't really want to know. But without a uh, suitable source of food, um, he, he just started eating people. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so weird. And it was around this point that King Minos then commanded Daedalus and Icarus to build a grand labyrinth uh, for, for the beast to dwell in just so the people of Crete were safe. Um, but around this time, it was Androgeos Minos's only human son. Also, his mother was obviously um, the same mother as the, uh, the Minotaur. Uh, yeah, so he was killed, and King Minos blamed the Athenians. No one really knows who killed him, but yeah, the Athenians were blamed. Uh, and because that was the death of his only human son and basically the destruction of his family line, King Minos demanded that the Athenians Athenians pay a tribute to Crete of seven maidens and seven youths every nine years um, as a way to appease uh, him. And uh, these tributes would be basically chucked in the labyrinth as food for, uh, for the Minotaur. It's a bit weird. Uh, obviously, reluctantly, the Athenians had to submit to this and uh, King Minos returned to Crete all happy. But Theseus, the son of King Aegeus, uh, the king of Athens was said to have volunteered uh, as one of the tributes of youths um, and it was at this point though he was very confident, he was a very confident young man he boasted that he was going to kill the Minotaur, he was going to win and fortunately there was a twist of fate because as he arrived in uh, Crete the daughters of King Minos Aridane and Federar fell deeply you can look up their names that's how I'm going to pronounce it they fell deeply in love with um, Theseus and it was at this point that Aridane actually went to Daedalus for help she sort of asked him well, how how do you escape the labyrinth this is an impossible maze you've made how do you 
do this and in the end he sort of gave her the answer and she ran to Theseus before he entered the, the maze and handed him a ball of string now realising that the way to do it was sort of follow the string back out so on his way in he tied the string to the door and uh, continued to walk into the maze of the Minotaur he also uh, supposedly stuck uh, snuck in the sword of Aegeus uh, with him and apparently it's that that he uses to slay the Minotaur uh, there's also some accounts that say he punched the thing to death um, the sword sounds more likely considering you're dealing with a hulking bull beast that eats people but whatever it was at this point that he then finds and leads the other Athenians out of the maze and quickly sails off to Athens uh, with Aridane and Fedora. Now, uh, at this point of the story, he leaves, I think, Aridane on an island because he plans to marry Fedora. Uh, there are two accounts of this. One, he just does this, but she ends up marrying uh, the god Dionysus. Um, because it was on this island that she sort of reflected on her actions and sort of maybe realised she was a bit naive and a bit horrible in assisting Theseus in killing what was essentially her half-brother. Um, but yeah, so she ends up marrying the god Dionysus. Um, and in some accounts, they actually say that Dionysus appeared to Theseus and said, no, you can't have uh, Ad Arundane. I didn't, I don't know, uh, because I wish to marry her, in which case that's why he then chose Federer. Um, but so yeah, he was... That she got left behind and he intended to marry uh, Federer um, and he was overjoyed with this but because of this the part that I sort of skipped over earlier when he said you know he was going to be returning to his father before he originally left he said I will return if I have a white flag it means I've won if I've got a black flag it means I've died uh, I will instruct my crew but he forgot to change the colour of the sails so on seeing this King Aegeus actually thought that his son had died and was so overcome with grief he kills himself by jumping off a cliff into the sea and this is actually what uh, gives name to the Aegean Sea and this is how Theseus now becomes the new Athenian king uh, which is quite interesting to be fair um, this particular myth is one very much shown in the archaeology I suppose and art of, of the ancient Greek people as there was many uh, there's been many discoveries of pottery and even coins that actually depict the battle between Theseus and the Minotaur. Normally the Minotaur is shown in a sort of submissive or defeated or going to be defeated kind of role. He's always shown as the weaker in, in the pottery. So it's always being shown at sort of the end of a battle, the point where Theseus is about to kill the Minotaur. Um, but yeah, as I say, there were even coins with uh, implications of the Minotaur and uh, the labyrinth being shown. To, this has been found in Crete um, on the reverse side. And this shows that there might be some sort of truth behind the madness of this myth no one quite knows what part is true um this is probably coming from the fact that apparently crete uh, revered bulls and they were quite architecturally complex for their time so that might be the origin of the minotaur and the labyrinth no one truly knows where any of this uh comes from but the fact it's shown so heavily not just greek uh, myth and pottery anyway but especially on Crete and even their coins shows that there might have been something more to this story all along something maybe about the fact that the Cretan people revered bulls and they're always known for their complex palaces and designs the labyrinth and the minotaur might not be as far-fetched as people think it might not be a magic bull man that ate people 
there might have been a little something there, maybe a palace where bulls were kept and as a tribute people were sent in there and the bull killed it. We don't really know, but it's something interesting to think about what the origins and implications of this are, because it's clearly one of the myths that's drawn to a more realistic, there's something going on that clearly inspired this one that had some truth behind it, because the archaeology shows that something, there was something about this one that was very, very different from most other myths, and the fact that it's in the coinage, it's in so much of what was going on that this isn't something that was written later, this is something that was almost revered at the time and maybe inspired the story later on. And that's something interesting to think about. Um, the overall message of, of the myth, though, is very uh, up for debate. Maybe it's don't pray to a god and then double-cross it. Don't um, Bestiality is bad. Um, it makes angry monsters. Um, don't help a random guy you think's good-looking help kill your half-brother who's part bull. Um, the main one most people seem to agree on, though, is that... Uh, is don't let happiness and celebration forget about thoughtfulness and good judgment. Now that sounds a bit deep. When you think about it, the ending of the story, whilst happy for Theseus, is what leads to the end, a suicide of his father because in celebrating his goodwill and his victory so much, he forgot to change the colour of his sails in sailing back to Athens, which led to his father to be overcome with grief and then uh, kill himself. So as deep as that is, I mean, it's saying, you know, you can be happy and celebrate, but don't forget don't become clumsy and careless sort of you've still got to be mindful of other people and other things even in your own celebration don't get arrogant and lost in your ways um but i don't know if theseus cared too much because he just took the throne and had this nice young woman from crete as his bride so you know maybe the story's not the best for it but that's what most people tend to agree is the message of that myth even though as i say there is something clearly more going on with this myth that maybe there's some logical origin for where it came from but that is really the story of the minotaur and overall the story of theseus and the minotaur so thank you so much uh, for listening to that and now we will get on to obviously the sponsor for the week which of course once again is schmerp who does brilliant commissions for king's eyes.life uh, the commissions page is absolutely fantastic and he will give you great quality uh, content if you give him sort of the right stuff. But he will always pump out good stuff. Just you message him, you talk with him. He's a great guy to talk to and will do absolutely brilliant work to get you the commission that you want. He's a great graphic designer and as I say, he's a genuine good person to work with. He did brilliant work on the rebrand for Sigil and has done brilliant work since then and before that. So please do uh, give him a look and uh, you will not be disappointed with what you get. I'll also obviously plug the merch store at King's Eyes Apparel. Brilliant stuff. Uh, many, many different collections ranging from the Failure Wear, Storm, uh, Clansmen Unite, sorry, uh, Statement Collection, the Creators of King's Eyes Collection, and now the Sigil Collection itself. It's absolutely brilliant. Go check it out. We've got a wonderful range of shirts, hoodies, masks, stickers. We all like stickers. Um, I forgot something phone cases that's the one and so so much more so please do go check it out and you will not be disappointed also why not follow this page on twitter it's at and finally sv where you can keep up to date on when new episodes are coming out if there's not one why there isn't and you'll be updated to know that there's not one coming out that week 
I think that just about sums up the episode. So thank you so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate you being here every week and showing the support that you do every single week. It's great, and we are so near to hitting a thousand. It's incredible. So thank you so much for listening. And finally, I'll speak to you next week, guys. <laughs>